0: Warning, some stories and information on Creepy Chisme may be triggering and are not suitable for all, especially young children. Please listen with caution. Thank you. Bienvenidos! Hola, mi creepy gente! I hope you're all doing well today. We've had some crazy weather in the States. Cold in places it shouldn't be, and warm in places it's usually cold. But climate change doesn't exist, right, guys? Let's do better humans. Anyway, today is a special special day. Today's the day the earth was graced with my presence. <laughs> it's my birthday. Yay <laughs> I stopped celebrating birthdays like five, ten years ago, I don't know. Eh, it's just another day, I guess. So my La Llorona episode did really well, and I think a lot of you liked it. So I wanted to pick a topic, since it's my birthday, I get to pick it. Pick a topic that I think y'all will enjoy. And I'm sorry for those of you who I scared the crap out of with that last episode. Yeah, I scared myself too. <laughs> because uh, the night I edited it, I wanted to hear it. Just to make sure it was good so that I could post it for the next day to have it ready to go for Wednesday. And oh my goodness, I was terrified. (laughs) Because I was in the dark, falling asleep. Yeah, not a good time to listen. So if you got through that whole episode in one take, thank you. Because it was a little creepy. Sorry for scaring some of (laughs) y'all. So we're going to take it easy today. We're going to have a little fun. Tell you some good campfire story-ish legends and um maybe you know some of these maybe you don't i don't know we'll see but anyways latin america is known for some really good legends and most of us know la llorona or el cucuy or about duendes but a lot of these are new to me uh, especially the stories from like south america and españa um but regardless I do want to say something before I continue. Every legend has multiple stories. And these creatures also have multiple names. They look different depending on where you live. So your version if you know these stories might be different than mine. I'm just telling you what I found, what I found in research. I you know there are many different kind of stories for one creature but i took the important parts and i put them together so don't come for me okay don't come for me if it doesn't sound like the story you grew up listening to okay i'm sorry but um yeah so if you do know one of these creatures or stories or legends please go share that with me. You can email me. You can find me on social media. I would love to hear it. I would love to hear your version. Or maybe I got something, a detail wrong or something important that you want to add to the legend. And I'm sure all my listeners would love to read it too. So go post that. Go post it. And by the way, while while we are on the topic of social media, I did something I said I would never, ever, ever do. Oh my gosh. I am back on Facebook. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I am back on Facebook. It has been five whole years since I have been on Facebook, and I'm back. Mostly, it's all going to be podcast stuff. I am not going to be posting pictures of me or my dog or my family. It's going to be all podcast stuff, and you can actually look in the groups, search Creepy Chismet, and join the Creepy Cheese Me community so that we can start talking about the episodes as they come out. And share your stories there too, because I'm sure my listeners would love to hear it. But I will say something. <laughs> Coming back to the Facebook world, I did not miss a damn thing. Everybody's still doing the same thing they were doing. A couple people popped out some babies. A couple people are about to pop out some babies. A few people got married to people I've never even seen before. So... Good luck to all of y'all. I don't want any of that, but happy for you. Anyway, so, um, and if you're a new listener because of Facebook, hello, welcome, welcome to Creepy Cheeseman. I hope you enjoy and I hope you keep coming back. And even if you don't like it, tell me, tell me why you don't like it and maybe I can change that for you. But anyway, I started uh, the group on Facebook, so go find and join it. We'd be happy to have you. All right, let's start so that I can go celebrate my birthday with a bottle of wine and wings. The three W's I live by. Wine, wings, and water. That's all you need to make a good night. Wine, wings, water. Somebody put that on a shirt. I would wear it. Okay. (laughs) All right. Let's get into some of these leyendas, or legends, as um, for those of you <clears throat> who don't know Spanish. Um, anyway, so let's start with one of my favorites. Now, I grew up, in, at least in this area, and in Mexico where we're from. This one is known as El Cocuy, right? Don't let the cucuy get you. But apparently his name is El Cuco, according to Spaniards. Uh, yeah, well, whatever. Whatever you call him, el cuco, el cocuy, it originated from España, believe it or not. And he is like the boogeyman. So this is Latino's boogeyman, okay? Now, he targets children and used to drive the fear of God into the kids, which is pretty much why he was created, I believe. Now, I was trying to look for information on el kukui. Like, does he have specific features? But literally anything scary. So, like, I saw some that were like, oh, he's got long nails, big green eyes, red eyes, huge head, horns. Like, the kukui is whatever you're afraid of. So, no particular look. Now, I told you. I think I've said this in a prior episode, but, like, Latino parents instill fear in their kids. And I am not kidding. So, when they say, like, if you're being bad, right? You're being bad or you're not listening, especially, like, out in public. They're going to be like, ooh, el cucuy's going to get you if you don't get over here by me right now. Like, it's it's pretty funny. But that's how we were raised. And, um shoot, even me, like who has strayed so far away from religion that I can barely see the light anymore. Like, I even turn to prayer sometimes in moments of like huge danger. And I'll even try to like work out a deal with the Lord. Like I'll be like, please God, I know I question your existence, but if you just please let me get through this dark alley without getting murdered, I'll love you forever. And then I make it and then I'm just like, why am I praying? Like I don't even believe in it, you know? But I'm still, like, a little scared, you know? <laughs> that's me. That's me. And it's sad because that was so instilled in our brains. Like, pray if you're scared. Pray for this. Pray for that. And it's like, even now that I don't agree with religion or believe in it, I just, I still pray. You know? That's, that's sad. But whatever. <laughs> so it's been burned into my brain. So, el cuco or Cukui loves to snatch bad little kids. Or babies, and he puts them in a big bag. Now, there is a story that goes as such, and they believe this is where it originated from. So, like I said, this comes from España. So, a Spanish legend claims el cucuy, or el cuco, as they say, is Francisco Ortega, and at the beginning of the 21st century, Ortega had tuberculosis. And he was desperate to find a cure. So he goes to a curandera, which is like a healer, a healing doctor. And the doctor tells him to drink the blood of children. What the fuck? Okay. (laughs) That's not the first time I've heard that, like, back in the days in history. Like, they used blood to cure things, right? Creepy. So he kidnaps a young boy named Bernardo, and he kills him and uses the blood or drinks the blood. Alright, so that's the one of the first recorded stories that they think is how the boogeyman started. Because then they would tell little kids, like, oh, you know, he's going to get you if you're out late or whatever. I thought that was funny. Well, not funny, but like pretty interesting to have a story like that possibly start the legend of El Cucuy. Um, which is, I don't know. Even, even as a kid, I remember being at the store and my mom would be like, if you even walk five feet away from me, someone's going to grab you and take you. And then I wonder why my sister like has massive anxiety, you know? All right, so uh, the next legend I have. Oh, this one's good, y'all. And honestly, well, let me just tell you. Okay, so this one is called El Sombrerón. El Sombrerón. Now, this one originated from Guatemala. So he likes to braid the manes and tails of horses and young women with big eyes and long hair. Shit, that's me, okay? Now he wears all black. He's well well accessorized and wears a big, big hat. Very creepy looking and short. I mean, I've been to a couple dances in Mexico And I even think I danced with somebody like this one time, all black with a big hat and short. (laughs) Lala, you know what I'm talking about. But but like, I don't know how creepy he looks, but (laughs) I think I've seen him before. So the story goes, if he likes a woman, he marks her home first by leaving a pack of mules near her home. Then he will continuously play his silver guitar to serenade her. He tries to get the woman to come home with him, where he will feed her dirt to keep her up all night long. Up all night? Okay, sombrero. He just sounds like a thirsty Mexicano at a baile. I mean, who? he just won't leave you alone, right? <laughs> I know I know some of y'all dealt with this before. But um, sombrero, if you're out there listening, my name's Lore. And if you want to bring me mules and come sing and braid my hair... Andale, ven, aquí te espero. (laughs) He doesn't sound scary to me. He kind of sounds a little attractive, so. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. Okay, so the next legend, the next one, Duendes. Duendes, there's also many other names for this, but Duendes is the one I'm familiar with, and it's pretty much like little gnomes or elves. Little gnomes or elves. Now, again, claimed to have originated from España, But every Latin American country and the Philippines have a version of this creature. However, I think you can go to any country and they'll have some type of legend or story about elves or little people in the woods. But in Latin America, now remember, Spain colonized a lot of Latin America. So a lot of these legends, if you take them way back, they go back to Spain. So, so far back. like So there was in the 16th century... There was a law put in place in España that said if you moved into a home and it was found that Duendes lived and infested it, you were free to abandon the property. So again, this is a legend, but it was so real to some people that they were allowed to actually... Well, it was so real to some people that they actually made a law for it, you know? So the stories differ from region to region in some places, they think they are lost souls of infants that have died before baptism. and some say they are evil and pranksters. Now the story I've heard about duendes is they they steal your stuff. So like when you're at home and like you put something down and then you come back and it's gone and you know you put it there, they would blame it on a duende. or like in your home, things that go missing and you can't find like jewelry. they love jewelry, they love money um So be careful where you leave your jewelry, because if you have a little duende in your house, it's gonna take it. However, once again, though, parents also use the duendes to terrorize their kids. <laughs> why do y'all have kids if you just want to terrorize? them <laughs> Or is that why? I just caught it. I just caught. I just. I understand why people have kids now, right? You have them to terrorize them. Is that what it is? I don't know. <laughs> So they like use the duendes to terrorize their kids. You know, if you don't clean your room, the duendes going to come and cut your hair or clip your toenails, whatever. So that is duendes. So my next leyenda is, now I've never heard this one, and it's really cool, I like it. This one is la ciguapa or la cegua. La cegua, sorry, I don't know why I said it like that. La cegua or la pata sola. Now, this one originated in the Dominican Republic. Now, La Seguapa is hypnotic and a mythological creature that shows itself as a woman, but her feet are facing backwards. I don't know how she walks like that, but girl, get it, girl. So they hide in the mountains and deep in the forests of the Isla. They like to lure men into the forest with their tan skin and long thick hair and then rid of the men. So, I'm all ready for her. Like, you go girl. Take them. Take all the men. So, the first reference to this creature was in 1866 when a man wrote a short story about it. In Colombia, the creature has one leg. So, that's why they call her La Patasola. And then in Costa Rica and Nicaragua, the creature shapeshifts into a skull-headed horse. Now, I have seen many drawings because like back in high school, (laughs) I used to go look at deviant art. You remember that? You remember? (laughs) And there used to be lots of drawings of skull-headed horses. Or is that just a thing? It might just be a thing. But it'd be cool if it came from this legend. In another region, the creature can show itself as a familiar face. So somebody you know or somebody you love. And then lure you and give you the kiss of death. So pretty much they like kiss you and then suck your soul out. Which is pretty cool if you ask me. Um, so yeah, that is la ciguapa or la cegua or la Pata sola Never heard of that one? Love the story. You go girl. Do your thing. Do your thing and take the in. Alright, so our next legend is this is a good story this is a good campfire story and i'll probably tell this to like my niece it's a good story so this one is called el silbon and i hope i'm saying that correctly anytime you throw an accent into (sighs) anytime there's an accent thrown in i question how i pronounce the word (laughs) and don't yell at me okay so el silbon which it's translated to the whistler Now, this one originated in Venezuela and it started in the 19th century and is claimed to be a lost soul. Now, the story goes, a young boy lived with his family. It was his father, his mother, and his grandpa. And the family was really strict with him because they would work him so hard because they wanted him to become a noble man, hardworking man. In the story, the father comes home. And he confronts his wife for being unfaithful. Scandalous, right? So um, the fight took a bad turn and he ends up killing the wife. Well, the boy, must be a mama's boy, he gets so angry that he seeks revenge by disemboweling and gutting his own father. So when the grandpa comes home that night, he sees what has happened and he ties the boy to a tree and he whips him furiously until the his back is, like, completely slashed. Then, he doesn't stop there. Man, this grandpa. Woo! He doesn't stop there. He grabs chili powder and brandy and rubs it into the wounds. Now, he does set him free. But, as the boy is slowly, painfully walking away, the grandpa also releases two rabid dogs to chase the boy, and the dog started to nip at his ankles. As the boy walked away from the grandfather, he cursed him, condemning him to carry the bones of his father forever. Crazy. This is crazy. Okay. (laughs) So El Silvón walks around carrying his father's bones in a sack, and he whistles as he walks. It is claimed that he appears to bad men, quote-unquote, cheaters, mm-hmm. and kills them with the machete. I also read in another story, but I only read it in this one story, that he actually whistles like the do re Mi song. So, if you hear that, you better skedaddle. Um, especially if you're a cheating man, okay? So, just like La Segua, I like this guy, too, because you could take them cheating men, too, and take them away. Take them away. (laughs) I promise. I promise I'm not a feminist, but yeah. All right, so our next legend comes from Chile. Now, this creature was one of the coolest-looking creatures, so if you get a chance, look it up online, El Basilico Chilote, and I hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, Otherwise known as the serpent rooster. And it looks exactly like you would think a snake with a chicken head. So this one originated from Chile. And this odd looking creature hatches from the egg of a rooster. Well, damn, I wanted to build a chicken coop. I guess not anymore. Oh, well. So it's a serpent, like I said, um, like a rooster that lives in a hole under the home. Now, it comes out only to feed on the saliva of the people who live above it, and it slowly dehydrates them until they die. That's a good bedtime story for your kids. Go ahead, tell them. (laughs) That's frightening. That's really frightening. Okay, now this next legend, I don't know, it's not really a creature. It's more of like a light, which to me sounds like aliens. We'll just hear the legend and then you decide. So this one is called Luz Mala, so the bad lights. And this one originated in Argentina, in Uruguay. Now Luz Mala is a myth from the Gaucho era, and I'm not sure what that means. But it's, like I said, it's not an actual thing or person or creature. It's just like this fluorescent light that shines a few feet above the ground during the night. So you'll see the light, like, at the horizon of dry hills, and, um, like, the people would be scared of it, because they assume that the light was, like, lost souls who hadn't received, like, baptism. Again, religious, you know, whatever. So they say if you look at it, under the light, sometimes you'll find, like, metal objects or artifacts, but of course, if you look at the light, it's, like, a bad omen. So... Like, supposedly, a gas or like a deadly gas emanates from the object and it kills whoever discovers it. So people would see this light and they would look away. Which is crazy because if it's aliens, like, you're missing out, (laughs) y'all. So that's it for that one. I wanted to mention it because it really does sound like aliens to me. So I thought that was pretty cool. Now this one appeared out of nowhere, literally. Um, My personal story I'm going to share at the end of this episode actually is very similar, and maybe this is what I saw. Well, this one is called El Cadejo, and it originated from Guatemala, and El Salvador. Yeah, El Cadejo is known throughout South America. Now, it manifests itself as a ferocious black dog with red fire-like eyes creepy now it appears to victims at exactly medianoche and if you're a good person lord help me (laughs) if you're a good person a white dog or the counterpart of el cadejo will appear to help you if you're a bad person will (laughs) so yeah i don't know like I guess it's out there getting bad people, but apparently it like rips you to shreds. And I've seen some rabid dogs in Mexico, and I believe this for sure. I believe this for sure. Um, they say el cadejo malo roams the streets to snatch away young maids with braided hair. Why y'all always picking on the girls with long hair? Leave them alone. <laughs> All right. And so, yeah, that one kind of made me think of the story I'm going to tell you in a little bit. But before I do that, now I shared one of my absolute favorite legends, La Llorona, with you. Um, But there's one more that's one of my favorites. My favorite, favorite, favorite. This one, yes, everybody knows. This one is, and I spent a lot, I know I'm keeping you guys waiting, right? I spent a lot of time on this one, so this one's going to be a long one. But this one is El Chupacabra. Ooh, the goat sucker. Now, I always assumed this came from like Mexico or South America. But apparently, when I researched this, it actually came from Puerto Rico. That was the first documented sighting of El Chupacabras. So in 1995, a woman in Puerto Rico said she saw an alien-like creature at her home. She saw a blood-sucking creature the size of a small bear. It had scaly skin and spikes down its back. The chupacabra became popular in Puerto Rican folklore. So she saw it and then everybody saw it, right? Now, like I said, chupacabra translated means goat sucker, named after the first animals they attacked. Eventually, after goats mysteriously were being attacked, it moved on to other animals like rabbits and sheep and chickens and then pets like dogs and cats. The animals would be found dead and drained of blood. No one could solve the problem. Like I said, it was first reported in Puerto Rico, but when the news broke, other farmers from other countries like Mexico, Argentina, Chile, Colombia, and the U.S. um, started coming out with their stories. Now, I remember as a kid, I would always watch the Spanish news show. It was called Primer Impacto. I wonder if that still comes on. But it used to come on Univision. So in the 90s, that was where I saw and heard the most about the Chupacabras. I don't remember hearing about it on the American news channels, but somebody clarify that for me. Now, I don't know if it was a huge story, but for Spanish-speaking countries... Uh, we are more superstitious. So more people started talking and sharing experiences and saying that their livestock were being found dead. Now this story started around Puerto Rico and then traveled to Latin America and up to the American Southern state. And when it reached America, eventually UFO enthusiasts and people obsessed with conspiracy theories got interested in the blood-sucking beast. So an American writer by the name of Benjamin Radford, who was also a skeptic. He spent five years trying to track a specimen. So he interviewed people and they all said they saw a creature with black eyes, reptilian skin, spines down the back, and it would hop like a kangaroo and smelled of sulfur. Sulfur is awful. So some said it walked on all four and then some said... It walked on two legs, and then some said it had a tail, and then some said it didn't have a tail. So Radford was super skeptical, but like most cryptic creatures, like Bigfoot or sea creatures, this one actually left proof behind, and there were numerous sightings and stories. So he knew it had to be something he wanted to get to the bottom of it. They actually had specimen samples that they claimed to have found dead chupacabras. So eventually, a newer, more believable version of the chupacabra began to emerge. Instead of the creature looking like a reptile or alien, it looked more like a hairless dog. It was smaller, it had a tail, and it walked on all four legs and had smooth skin. So the legend now became more realistic. And if you search chupacabras online, you'll probably see one of these creatures that I'm talking about. Now, these were have claimed to have been seen in the U.S. Now, in southern Texas, people actually claim to have caught or found the creature, which is a first for cryptic creature legends. Now, the bodies are very creepy looking, and like I said, if you look online, you'll probably see one of these pictures. So, they were hairless, and their skin almost looked like it was burned, But after doing some DNA tests on one of the samples, the legend came to a halt. The bodies actually turned out to be coyotes, dogs, raccoons, and even one time a fish. I don't know who the hell thought a fish was the chupacabras, but all right. So now, how can these, what I don't get is like, how can these country folk not know what a body of a dog or coyote looks like? So that's what bothers me. But apparently these animals also were known to have suffered from sarcoptic mange, which is caused by mites under the skin. Now, I looked up some animals with mange and they are pretty scary looking and they kind of do look a little deformed. But I mean, you could still tell it's a dog or you could still tell it's, you know, whatever. Like, it's not that different looking. Now, thousands of years ago, these mites that cause mange actually used to infest humans, but eventually they transition to dogs and smaller animals. It ruins the skin and it can even cause death. So I believe that explains the few body samples found, but what about the dead livestock? Let's talk about the puncture marks found in the animal's neck. So Radford interviewed all kinds of specialists and explained the bite marks as such. So this is what they came up with. So these animals are just victims of predators, such as dogs. An animal such as a dog can usually puncture at the neck, like I said. But just because an animal has puncture wounds in their neck, it does not mean something sucked its blood. That idea is folklore. We read that in stories about vampires sucking the blood from your neck, animals that are actual blood suckers, they choose to latch on or suck on the surface of the skin. Like a leech. But also, a creature the size of a small dog to fully live on an all blood diet would die rather quickly. Because no matter what the creature was, it would need more things like fat and other nutrients to survive. You can't just live off of blood. Now, Radford also concludes that when an animal dies, the heart and blood stop, but the remaining blood moves to the lowest part of their body. There's a name for this because I watch a lot of true crime and that really does happen like if a body's laying for a long time, it, every fluid, blood, it all travels to the bottom of the body, the lowest part of the body. It, and it it also gets like thick and gross. So if these farmers are finding their livestock dead, they're seeing the puncture wounds in the neck and then they cut the animal open and they're like, "Oh my god, there's no blood. Like it, somebody sucked the blood out of my animal." So I can see the confusion there. So We've now heard Radford explain to us the creature and the death of the livestock. But here come my gente from Puerto Rico. You can't trick us, okay? Because the people from Puerto Rico, they're suspicious. They are like, uh uh-uh. no. How can an animal or creature that they described automatically be changed and then concluded to be diseased animals? So them, along with other Latin countries, point the finger... At the U.S. government. And we all know the U.S. government never lies. They're truthful. They would never lie to us. So the legend continues. The Chupacabra is a government experiment gone wrong, right? So people of Latin America say the U.S. tried to cover up a botched experiment. Which is crazy to think. But honestly, I'm not that surprised. So today, the mythical creature has been reported as far as Russia and the Philippines. So Radford concluded his five-year study with this conclusion. So at the time of the first sighting, the woman who first reported in 95 in Puerto Rico, a film called Species also came out that year. Great film. Watch it if you've never seen it. The film was about a top secret, like a U.S. experiment partly filmed in Puerto Rico. So he claims that she must have seen the movie and mistakes an odd creature for a monster. He never claims to not believe the people he interviewed because he says, like, they definitely saw something. But he believes it to be an overreactive imagination. I don't know. Sounds like words of a true skeptic if you ask me. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Radford. Okay. But this story, he claims, is an example of misidentified animals, media lies, and mass hysteria. He says people like stories, and this is peculiar and far-fetched and will continue for many years. And you know what, Radford? You're right. Because you know why? The Latino gente love leyendas, and that's why we have so many, and that's why they live on for centuries. I mean, you can literally go into any small Latino village and mention the creature, and somebody's gonna have a story for you, or somebody's gonna have an experience. I mean, you're gonna have a farmer tell you their livestock was attacked by the chupacabras. People will tell you they saw its red glowing eyes. Some think it might be an alien being that also falls under alien abductions of livestock, which is is a true thing. Go look it up. You know, like, South Park wasn't lying when cows get abducted by aliens. That really happens there's stories about that so that's that's interesting if you want to look into that I mean is it a government experiment gone wrong? did it escape another mothman type story I don't know what I think, but this regardless of everything and what you believe, you cannot deny that this is a great legend and like Radford said, it will live on forever. But there are those who truly believe in the Chupacabras and stand by what they've seen or witnessed. Do you think Radford solved the mystery, claiming it to be overreactive imaginations? Did the US cover up a botched government experiment? We'll never know. But next time I'm out alone in the cerro, in the field, or the woods, definitely keeping my eyes peeled. Now, I don't have a personal story about the Chupacabras or any of these legends. Sorry, don't leave, don't leave. I do have a story about a mythical creature or an evil presence that I came into contact with. So I was about eight years old. When I was younger, you know, God, I feel old. (laughs) Back in my day, sweetie. (laughs) Oh, Lord, help me. Anyway, so we only had one TV in the house. Maybe two. You might have had two if your parents were ballers. But that was pretty common back then for your house to just have one TV. Now, I was mm, a little brat. And I always argued my point strongly, even if I was wrong. But I'm different now. So anyway, on on this particular night, I was being more of a brat than usual. I wasn't listening to my mom. I was annoying my siblings. Being a smartass, you know, just the usual, you know, but just times 50. And um, in the evenings, we would gather after dinner and sit down and watch TV. By choice. We didn't have to. And we mostly did this because primetime shows, right? Like everything on Fox would come on starting at 6 and stuff. You know what I'm talking about. So we're sitting there and I remember thinking, like, I need to stop because I'm going to get myself in trouble. Because even I knew I was being a little brat. Now we had a dog. Our family dog was named Charlie. RIP, Charlie, you were a great one. And he was outside and nobody wanted to get him. So he was barking to come in and of course my mom yells at me, because I was being a brat, to go get him. So I went out on our porch and I opened the outside door. Now our house kind of sits up. So when you open the outside door, you can look down the stairs and you can look like at the first, you can look at the front part of our yard. And I think I was laughing because I had like either pushed or smacked my brother before walking out. You know, I know y'all have done that to your siblings. So our dog ran in up the front stairs and I looked down into the yard and right around the corner of our house, this massive wolf-like creature was peering around the house. Now it scared me so I didn't look long but I do remember it like it, it was like out of the it wasn't out of the corner of my eye because I saw it like head on so the only way I can describe it like it was large it was wide it was tall the, the best way I can describe this for you and I don't want to compare it to this but Twilight y'all have seen Twilight right? The weird looking werewolves. That's what it looked like. It was that tall, that big. It had brownish black hair and bright red eyes. Just like the legend I just told you, right? Told you. It had bright red eyes and it was uh, showing its big teeth. Like it was, it was, what's the word? Snarling, I think. Like it was like showing me teeth and like, it was mad. Like I could tell it was a mean whatever it was. So of course, I ran in the house and I was like, dad, there's a huge dog in the yard. And I remember like nobody cared. (laughs) Like I remember they all looked at me and they were just like, whatever. But I was like, no, there's a big dog in the yard. Now we did live close to a nature preserve, sort of close. Like it was still a couple blocks down, but so like maybe coyotes, We don't have wolves but maybe like a coyote but regardless our whole yard is completely fenced around so for that coyote to get in it had to have jumped over and i i know i was a kid but i this thing was huge okay it was not a coyote so i couldn't stop thinking about it and what i saw and nobody believed me and my lovely catholic mother who probably had had it up to the last nerve with me that night I remember she was like, well, maybe it's the devil coming to get you. Remember Latino mothers <laughs> instill fear in their children? So yeah, I remember her saying that. She was just like, you know, maybe the diablo coming to get you. And then I was like, oh, hell no. So I just sat on the couch quietly and watched primetime TV with the rest of the family. Um, but it was really quick. It was really quick, but I never forget that. I never forget seeing that creature. I'm not going to say I was never bad again, because because I definitely was bad again, but yeah, that night I definitely stopped. So these people that claim to see the chupacabras, I can kind of understand what they're feeling and why they firmly agree that they saw the creature. Because I know I saw what I saw, and I'm pretty sure they know what they saw. Well, that's all I have for you guys today. I hope you enjoyed those stories. Just wanted to do a fun, simple episode. Um, Like I said, because I scared y'all last time. (laughs) But um, I'm thinking next week I'm going to dive into the world of serial killers. For all my serial killer fans out there, I think I'm going to do a nice long one about um, a duo. Some of you might know who they are. I'm not going to say it now. You'll just have to wait and see. Tune in next week to find out. It's time to talk about some serial killers. But anyway, um, like I said, go tell me your favorite part of one of these legends or maybe a legend you remember. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and now Facebook. Just search Creepy Me," And re- you have to put creepy space Me." Like leave a space. Because if you put it together, you're not going to find me. And then share this episode with a friend or a coworker, anyone. This is a fun one. You can even share it with the kids, possibly, if you want to scare them. <laughs> I'd really appreciate that. I'm now, on most podcast apps and streaming services, don't forget to like, rate, and review. I promise I'll read it. Or maybe you didn't like it, and that's okay. Then tell me what you want to hear. Email me your stories or advice at creepycheesmith 4 you. that's the number 4-Y-O-U, at gmail.com. Even if you want to just send me an email telling me you love the show, I'm down too. <laughs> Thanks to all my new listeners out there, as well as my old ones who keep on coming back and giving me a listen. And don't forget, if you want to join me on the podcast, I'm always looking for someone to talk to you don't feel comfortable coming to my house i can always go to yours or we're in a pandemic i get it i'll call (laughs) you but um yeah thank you so much and uh everybody have a shot for me tonight celebrate my birthday and gracias por escuchar y nos vemos pronto creepy chisme is created for entertainment purposes only Thank you for listening, and don't forget, stay creepy!